This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 6, titled Drag Olympics. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one logistical co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... To Taylor, the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor, the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph Batanz. How are you today? Um, okay. <laughs> you know... Doing well. Okay, I don't have time for that. Taylor, we gotta get, there was so much to talk about in this episode, we gotta get to it. For once, that's actually kind of true. You're right. There was a lot to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Then let's just start this thing. Awkward. All right. Here. (laughs) 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 This week, Evie and Silky go at it. Love Connie gets physical with the girls. The queens participate in the 69th Drag Olympics. And Adam Rippon and Travis Wall bring the sweat on the main stage. In the end, Akira C. Davenport was named the winner of the challenge, while Raja O'Hara and Scarlet Envy faced off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. After all the glitter fell, Scarlet Envy was asked... To sashay away, Taylor named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Okay. Um, let's see. This was this was a chock full episode. There was mm-hmm. a lot going on in this episode, which you can't necessarily say all the time. Mm-hmm. One thing that I liked was I liked the way that Travis Wall worked with the girls. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was much more supportive and much more effective mm-hmm. with the girls. Um, and another thing that I liked was as much as I said last week that I was feeling like Evie was getting the villain at it. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we're seeing, we were seeing a shift with that a little bit this time. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed learning more about her and not just seeing her as the kind of the shit star. Okay. Um, something I did not like. I was, I, I, mm, the whole judges panel, mm-hmm. I was not a fan of. Oh, this, really? This week. I think that the judges panel got it wrong not only with who won the challenge, but who won the lip sync. Well, do you think the judges actually, besides RuPaul and the producers, weigh in on who should win the lip sync? No, but I me- but by that I mean I'm not a fan of this Adam Rippon. Rippon, okay. I don't, I don't get why everybody thinks he's so amazing. But mm-hmm. that's, I'm sure I have a feeling we'll be debating that later because mm-hmm. he checks a lot of boxes for you. Okay, um, on looks alone, and the other one. The figure skater, she seemed kind of not really, didn't really bring anything to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Rue looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved the gold dress. I thought, I, th- I thought they just got the, they didn't bring a lot. And then the decisions that were made, whether it is the judges panel or whether it's the producers or whether it's Rue, it was, it was wrong on a bunch of different levels. Well, let's talk about the judges right now. Cause I don't see how in this script we would work them in any other way. Right. Okay. Uh, did you listen to my first response? Not yet. I was working. 
And then some things happened after work that you and I talked about privately. So I have not been at. Oh, yeah. Everyone needs to know if you're at the $30 level on Patreon. (laughs) By the way, there's no $30 (laughs) level on Patreon. (laughs) Taylor had a private conversation before the show. Anyway. um, Okay. One. On the first response, you would know that I really liked the judges this week, but but don't it's not going where you think it is. I think this Travis Wall was so good. He was so good. Exactly what we need in a choreographer. It was good choreography. He was very patient with the girls. I really appreciated him pulling Evie aside and trying to but not even just Evie. There was a part let's actually contrast him with Todrick. Remember the yeah. part where like Silky did her version of the death drop, and then uh, I was going to have trouble, obviously, getting up. Um, and he was like, okay, maybe we can make this your solo, and then the other girls come and help you. And he's like, and she was like, no, 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 no. I can yeah. do this. But I feel Todrick would have been like, bitch, you've got to find a way to get up the floor. You know? Yeah. And I feel he was like a real choreographer. That crown is above where you're sitting, so if you want to get it, you better jump up. Yeah. If you yeah. really want this, yeah. Whereas I feel he was like a real choreographer who was like, okay, how do we make this look good working with what we have and working with it? And also like being very concerned about Evie and her health and her leg. and Because he didn't know – well, the questions he was asking were so leading. I was like, A, yeah. obviously the producers talked to him. B, why did Evie lie? Because wouldn't she know the producers talked to him? But that's a whole – we'll talk about that when we get We'll there. talk about that. I figured we'd talk about that a little yeah, bit Yeah, but uh, I really like Travis Wall. I like the way he choreographed. Uh, and uh, and I know Raja hated the last guy too. I, I like the last guy too. I think both choreographers have been really, really good, not sarcastic, acting like real choreographers. Now, Adam Rippon, I agree that he was – randomly misplaced but i don't know if i necessarily blame him like i don't think adam ripon was like hey i want to come out extra early and go to this choreography session i feel the producers asked him to be there and he went there but i have no idea why adam ripon was there there was no reason for him to be there there was no reason but i don't blame adam ripon for that you know well no i mean they're they're going to try to utilize them however they can that might be something where he was there for you know we've talked about you've talked about the fact that they have them tape a podcast usually that same day yeah. so maybe he was there for that and maybe figured can i watch the choreography and then i'll tape the podcast and then do do my stuff um now why what is it about because look i actually have no strong feelings towards adam Ripon in any way uh I, he's not in theory he's my type and i think like he looked really good in the episode but he's a little too weho for me in his looks it's a little well, he's, too- he's very gay face why I like gay face, but no, I know, which is why I figured you'd be all about him. Um, but it's just, and I'm not saying he's a mean gay, but I think it triggers something in that he looks like a mean gay, right? And yeah. so, uh, but I, I know why he's popular. I mean, he is, you know, our friend Evan Ayers, who's a mean gay, who's a mean gay. Huh. I'm not saying whether he's funny or not on the show. He's not, but on this Twitter. <laughs> He and I'm a, he knows I've said I've said this to him privately I've said it in public. Yeah. I feel Evan is so funny on this Twitter, okay? Mm-hmm. So funny. So it's the same thing with Adam Ripon. He's really funny on Twitter, and I feel the gays love him because obviously he checks a lot of boxes for them. He's cute and everything like that, and so they love this Adam Ripon, you know. But um. Uh, but I, I think I'm ambivalent towards him. But what what is your dislike for him? I I don't know. I just it just seemed like for all of a sudden he was everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And it was sort of one of those where we almost became oversaturated around the Olympics. Yeah. And I just wasn't, I'm just not a fan. I don't know. But from, from a looks department, he's not, he doesn't hit boxes for me. Well, no, you know? he's not your type at all. No, but I mean, he's, he is very accomplished and he's, he's an amazing athlete. I am not. Um, and I just, he's just not somebody, it makes sense for him to have been on the episode. It makes sense that Rue would want him on as a judge. He's but just, what did you I think feel, about him on the panel? With the what comments he was making. What do you think about the comments he was making on the judges panel? They were okay. I mean, the, the some of the stuff he was saying was a little bitchy, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know, especially when you compare it to Travis. You know, Travis was trying to be very, very positive in his the way that he was saying things. Travis and the other figure skaters seemed to be very positive about things they were saying, whereas it felt like Michelle and Adam kind of played the role of the bitchy. It came, it came off very mean gaze. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess maybe that is my problem with it when I think about it. Uh, I thought he was good. You know what's so funny is, and speaking of the other the female guest judge. I thought she was real basic and didn't say anything interesting whatsoever. No, she didn't. She didn't have anything. She didn't really have anything to say that was that brought anything to the table. After Ariel's elimination, the girls walked back into the workroom to remove their drag. Sugar was disappointed she didn't perform better. Silky felt she was in the bottom for being too beautiful. And Evie thought Rue was being particularly poignant. <laughs> Vanessa brags about being safe, and Evie is quick to call her out. Akuria may have defended Vanessa, and Silky and Vanessa came for Evie's spooky only drag. Taylor, your thoughts on this uh, moment here at the, the top of the show? Well, okay. Th- this felt like another Evie just sort of getting on people for no good goddamn reason, mm-hmm. and I did not like it. However, we watched an arc for Evie's storyline over the course of this episode mm-hmm. that at one point uh after she was kind of talking when she was getting putting on makeup uh prior to the challenge and she was talking about her condition babalu said to me well that makes sense why she is the way she is with the other girls because she recognizes that you know a lot of these some of these girls that are especially the ones like plastique and ariel have another 20 years of drag that they could potentially be doing this evie may only have a couple more years so mm-hmm. when people say things some of the things that they've been saying in previous seasons when they come back in from the from elimination i can see where that would light a fire under evie or that would piss them off to where she would say you know you don't realize the opportunity that you're just kind of pissing away by saying the things that you're saying mm-hmm. You know, you you don't have the level of we all want it, but you may not have the level of, you know, the clock ticking out like I do. My clock is ticking faster than everybody else's. Yeah. So it, it I appreciated what Evie was saying on a different level mm-hmm. this this week. Okay. Well, you know what's so funny is. Uh... I talked about this on the on the first response. By the way, if you're listening later, you know I this episode, I do a first response that comes out immediately after the West Coast premiere of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. It's available on your feed. You probably see it there. And uh, one of the things I talked about was with Evie Oddly, I, she hasn't bothered me the way she's bothered some people. Because I feel that the points she made are valid. What she was telling Vanjie was essentially like... 
the judges are making these comments. If you want to stick around, try and apply that those critiques are giving you and um, and make work to what the judges are telling you. And they were all coming down. What's so funny is actually, I think it's the way she delivers it. Because right. if you think about it, what Akuria said was worse than what Evie said. <laughs> but she said it in a very sweet voice. Which Akaria is talking to Plastique, and I'm uh, not Plastique to uh, Evie. Oddly, Evie, because Evie's point again is, well, bitch, if you, if you know if you're if you why? Because Vanessa goes, well, at least I was safe. Evie says, what you shouldn't be happy being safe. The judges gave you these critiques. You should try and implement those uh, suggestions into your drag. People start coming down on her, and then Akaria jumps in, and this is so shady. She says, but Evie. What if she doesn't have, she doesn't know how to sew? What if she can't fix those things? <laughs> that they're in, if, that's what she's saying. Yeah. She goes, she doesn't have the skill set to make those changes, which is a very good point, too, because that's the look on Vanessa's face is when they give those critiques is, oh, fuck. I just all packed. I brought. All yeah. I fucking brought were these corsets and bodysuits and leotards. Someone on Reddit pointed out they think she overreacted to last year, people saying she covered up her body. So now she's only going to give things that show off her body. And yeah. so uh, – and I think all she knows how to do is corset, leotard, glitter on the chest. Uh-huh. And I saw a preview of what she's going to wear next week. It seems like it's kind of the same thing. Well, but that will make for a moment between her and Michelle then. What did I tell you last week? I don't know. Kind of I don't listen to this show. <laughs> all right. The next day, Plastique asks Silky what it was like to be in the bottom three, and Evie and Silky go at it one more time before RuPaul walks into the workroom to announce this week's challenges. First, the mini-challenge. RuPaul announces this week's mini-challenge. It's Galisthenics. The girls are joined by internet sensation Love Connie, who leads the girls in 80s-inspired aerobic routines played for laughs. In the end, RuPaul announces Plastique Tiara and Akaria C. Davenport as the winners of the challenge. Uh, before before we get into that, let's talk about that right here because there's a lot to discuss right here. First of all, what did you think about Plastique? I'm sorry, about Silky and Evie going at it yet again, this time against each other uh, in the around the work table right before RuPaul uh, does the alert that she's walking in the room. What was your take on that little mini argument there? It seemed like they were setting it up for those who were going to be the two lip syncing this week. Without oh, having see. seen the rest of the episode, it mm-hmm. felt very much like a – and if it didn't show up this week, I have a feeling it will be in a future week. Between that and the statement that uh, Evie made on – when she, they were on Judge's panel of where she's when she was t- talking about taking a step back and resting and taking care of my body. And they did mm-hmm. a quick shot of Silky kind of do, like cocking an eyebrow like that's not what you told the rest of us to do. Mm-hmm. They're setting this up for a story. That was that was my take on this. All right, very good. Uh, I don't I don't know if and I can't tell because I'm wondering if it was the story was contained in the episode in that they're setting up this fight and then later we saw that they kissed and made up during the challenge because they were on the same team. It could be that it was it was solved there in the room on that episode. But that but that also shows the. You're right. That is true. I forgot about that. Um. But remembering that, I think that that was also handled by Akiria and Brooke particularly as uh, very maturely as far as that where we're sitting down and going, all right, we've 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 all got a job to do. 
is this going to be a problem? Because if this is going to be a problem, we got to figure out something else. You know, it feels like in, in other, with other times where there has been conflict between girls on a team, that there is those moments of where everybody else is afraid to say anything and or they like to watch the drama. They like to watch girls pick each other apart. Yeah. But Brooke and Akira, particularly as pageant girls with that f- that desire to really kind of win, that competitive mm-hmm. streak, weren't here for it. And they were both pretty much saying, figure this shit out or leave. You know, I think Akira at one point with the confessionals goes, please feel free, tear, tear each other apart, but do it after the, after the challenge. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. There was a lot of maturity on this episode that I enjoy. I, I know very, you like the drama, but I'm I'm more for people helping each other out. I'm all about the drama. But let me tell you this. I actually am curious as what happened. I'm a curious as to what I say that joke every single time. No one ever fucking laughs. <laughs> I kind of giggled. I was reading something in the chat room, but I did hear you when you said it. Okay. I'm a curious as to what happened. Because if you remember the first time, and I, I know I said this in the first response. Stop yelling at me. Um, is in the, if you remember the very first time that Evie ever actually spoke out, it was against Raja and it was in defense of Silky. She was standing up for Silky. So I want to mm-hmm. know what happened in that. And that was in the Shevangelical episode. What happened between Shevangelicals in here where now Silky and Evie are going at it? I think it has to do where Silky is very protective of Angie. They're in that like, uh, dream girls group and, with uh, isn't it Akuria, Silky, and Vanessa are in Dreamgirls, and yeah. uh, and which so, we've heard referenced one time and never since. Yeah, and so I think that uh, Silky's defending her friend. I don't know what that story is. I don't even know how Silky I, got involved in this I fight. Think, I sort of disagree with that. I think that Evie is a equal opportunity uh, offender, mm-hmm. as far as it doesn't matter if you're close friends. Or if you're part of her clique, mm-hmm. if you do something that she thinks is wrong, because I feel like we've seen this with multiple queens over the course of, of this season, yeah. she just calls them out on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're her best Judy or not. She's going to call you out on it. So whether or not she and Silky, I don't know that there's something happened where she and Silky aren't close anymore, but it just sort of feels like, well, you, you did something I don't like, so I'm going to say something. You know what's so funny? And I'm going to bring this up right now because it, it, it relates to Evie Oddly. And I'm going to say a few things, actually, right now. Taylor, you got me off on a rant. This hamburger marries. <laughs> this hamburger. You know what? You shouldn't have brought that up because. I, 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 no, I'm not. Nope. Focus. <laughs> Focus. You almost started me on a hamburger marries rant because I had a rant to go on. It has to do with Camp Wanakiki. No. 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 Three Just, words for you. Yes. Dustin Lance Black. <laughs> Well, what have you seen from him lately? What is he doing? <laughs> and she's off. Go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. You have to pay $3 a month for that. Okay. So anyway, what I was going to say is, and again, I'm just going to recap what I said on, on the first look last night. I actually I didn't get a chance to say it today. I really like this episode. Yeah. I really like this episode. I don't have a negative. I have, I mean, I have things in terms of the actual making of the episode. I have no negative things to say about it. The behavior, some of the contestants I do, but the actual episode, I really enjoyed it from start to finish. I really enjoyed this episode. It was a strong episode. It was, it was a strong episode. episodes of the season. It was one of the stronger episodes of the season. And hopefully maybe we it's did hate it. 
didn't hate it. We, we didn't hate it. We hate the show, apparently, but we yeah. didn't hate this episode. Well, that's what I'm going to bring up. Is, is, is I almost wonder, a person called me, everyone should know, and told me that he's struggling with the show because he feels Taylor and I hate everything. And, and I will say, in defense of me, in particular, Taylor, but that in, in that... In that um, we hate everything about the show, and he loves the show, yada yada. And I want this person to know I'm not like, and I'm not saying I like it because you said this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is maybe this is why I see Evie oddly so differently from you, even though we're watching the same show. Is I think I compare myself to Evie oddly in that the way I see it is that I'm calling balls and strikes, and I've used this. Uh, term on the show before is that I'm really being as objective as possible. I don't have any, especially this season. Actually, it's very easy. I have no mm-hmm. favorites this season. None. Okay, I'm not in the bag for anybody this season. So I'm calling it as I see it. One, it you know, on any given Thursday, you can be up or down in my book. And so that's why I think with Evie, I think she's just calling balls and strikes. She comments on this later. During uh, her confessional or in an elimination day or in a tucked somewhere, somewhere in the show about how her parents always were very honest with her to a fault. And yeah. so I think she so she feels she should be the same way. And I think that's what she's doing. If again, if you see what she's saying to I'm not saying she's always like this, but in particular in the conversation with Vanessa. I feel she's trying to be constructive. Now, maybe she does it in the same way that my mom does where my mom was like. Don't you think you should do your laundry today? Or don't you think you should do this? So maybe it's like that. But I think she's saying things. She just, you know what? She nags. Evie's a nagger. What'd you say? What'd you call me? <laughs> she's a, Excuse me? Excuse me? What'd you call me? Uh, no, I think Evie nags. And I think that maybe, and so I think there's stuff that goes on with, in, in other words, I think there's been times that we don't see that the girls, uh, uh, have to deal with her that we don't see. And then, so even in this moment, when she's coming from a good place, they're already triggered. Like, there's actually well, okay. been evidence, we'll just to finish this, because I think okay. Ariel talked about this somewhere, when she talked about how good she was getting. Uh, there was a weekend between, remember I said this, Ariel confirmed there was a weekend between the rehearsal and the dance thing. Okay. And that all the girls got together in the ballroom of the hotel, and they worked more with the choreographer that we didn't see. Okay. okay, and they practice. So there's stuff that we don't see. Maybe that's what's going on with Evie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought, Taylor. That's okay. Well, it's it, if you talked, if you watched Untucked, which I don't know if you did or not. I did watch they, Untucked. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they kind of talk about this, that at one point, she, I forget who it is, but I think it's a curious says, you know, you've got a girl that's just almost been eliminated and she's feeling kind of down. She's all in her feelings and you're coming at, you know, whether you're coming from a good place or not it feels like you're coming for her. And that might be why some of the responses that she's gotten, where it's been a little more prickly from the things that she has said versus, you know, she has good points. She's not saying it in a way that where she's not just tearing them down and reading them the filth for no good reason. She's trying to better everybody, but the way that she has done it, where it's sort of this scorpion strike that she's done, it's not appreciated by the other girls. And it's usually said in a time that they aren't, ready to hear it or they're in the middle of their own stuff before they can actually comprehend what it is that she's saying yeah but you You know know what okay but maybe this is it maybe i'm projecting too much on the evie because i think i know where she's coming from let's take our co-host evan Ayers. you know just the other day right 
I just saw that the first ep- the first thing that Evan ever did with us was an episode of the first episode of All Stars One. Okay, uh, uh, with me and Taylor. And I was listening to the first few minutes, I'm like, oh, motherfucker, talking to the goddamn microphone, right? <laughs> and Evan has come a long way, baby. He might, that's, mm-hmm. in fact, that's Evan, that, that, that should be Evan's drag name, Virginia Slim, okay? <laughs> Evan, Evan, that we've, I think we've just given Evan his drag name, Virginia there. Slim, okay? Uh-huh. And because he's come a long way, baby, and he is so better now, right? So much better. I love being on a show with him, but I had to give him tough love, and I know he gets mad, and maybe I don't do it at the right times. And I've told him this. There have been times when Evan has been very angry with me because I've said things to him off the air, maybe even on the air, that were very tough. But someone has to tell you tough things, you know? And maybe I'm a dick for doing it, but you know, um, just recently, one one of my biggest, I guess, I should say accomplishments in my professional career in test prep has been that there was this, I'm going to tell the story as quickly as possible. This 19 year old kid that I hired about over 10 years ago to uh, just give tests. He did like a menial job in my company. Right. And I mm-hmm. noticed though, when he was talking to, he was going to like a, he was like a sophomore in college. Right. And, and I noticed that he, he, he and the kids really got along. And I, I said to him, have you ever thought about teaching? And he was like, no, I could never be a teacher. I'm not as smart as these kids. Right? And I go, no, you could do it. And I trained him, right? <laughs> and there are many stories, and I'll tell him some of the... But throughout his time with me, he was with me for like three or four years, I was fucking hard on him. I was pushing yeah. him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. Right? And now... Well, that he didn't know what he wanted to do. Then he decided afterwards he wanted to be a real teacher. Now he's the head of the math department at a high school in Oakland. Okay, and that to me that's the biggest thing that ever came out of my company that that happened. Right? That's awesome. And yeah. So he and I were having lunch last Sunday, and I mentor a kid right now, and I was really hard on that kid. And it's, his name's Shane, but not the kid. The kid, the the, the guy I was just talking about. His name is Shane. Shane, when Shane saw me yelling at him on the phone, like, how could you not know where this restaurant is? You know, like I just said, we're at this restaurant. It probably reminds you of the way you talk to your husband, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, where I, well, I'm not even joking. I told Armando, he's like, I'm looking for parking. I go, okay, once you find parking, we're in a restaurant right there called Heroes. He goes, got it. Taylor, he calls me five minutes later. He's like, I parked. Where are you? I go, I just told you we're at a restaurant called Heroes. Anyways, I hang up and Shane goes, it's so weird to be in the other seat. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And and, and what I'm so what I'm saying is I'm projecting onto Evie. Okay. I understand where Evie's coming from. So you're saying a carrier said, well, they were just eliminated. Maybe they don't want to hear that. I see it as, well, you didn't get eliminated. And now I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to try and help you. Yeah, I had a situation this morning without getting into any sort of specifics. Give me their names and what they look like and where they live. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I had a guy that called me yesterday and said that he was going to have to be, he was going to have to leave his session a little early because of something else that he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And this is one of these that I said, sure, but, you know, because I'd rather have him come in for 40 minutes than not come in at all. Mm-hmm. And I got thinking about it all day. And while I was watching the show last night, I was thinking about this client. And it made me mad. So this poor guy walks into the session today 
And I start, and normally we have a really good rapport. He's usually, we're kind of laughing about things. He's, he's a, a younger guy. And I am very much of the, where I'm just kind of like, he tells me these crazy stories and I pretend to act shocked and he thinks it's the funniest thing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and I started in on him and at first he thought I was kidding. Mm-hmm. And then the more I kind of talked at him, mm-hmm. like saying some not nice things to him, but it was mm-hmm. stuff that I felt like he needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of watch the color drain out of his face. And I felt like I was doing a tire when my mother yelled at me, it's because she loved me. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I get that you're mad at me right now for saying these things. I am saying these things because I care about you mm-hmm. and I want you to be okay. So when you call me with this whole, Hey girl, I can't come in because fill in the blank. And then you're leaving me with then Now I'm now I've got all night to sit and think about this. And we'll think about the pattern that you created. We'll think about all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's, I get that it's not my therapy session, but it's not fair for you to hit me with that and then think that everything's going to be okay. So, so that we, I ended the session a couple minutes earlier than expected and just said, are we good? Because I also don't want this guy to now come back where he feels like he can't yeah. talk to me anymore. He's like, oh no. He goes, I, I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. He goes, I appreciate you saying that. I said, okay. And I said to him, you know, I don't love you because you're my client, but I'm very, very fond of you. And I want to make sure that you're okay. So he was like, well, I appreciate you looking after me and all that kind of stuff, which means I'll never come back to treat him, but that's neither here nor there. But I get, but I also get that I could have handled that a different way. I could have handled that in a way where I could have said, well, now let's talk about this and Mm -hmm. let's do this and let's do that. That wouldn't have gotten through to him. He needed somebody kind of up in his proverbial face going, what are you thinking? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, I don't want this to, to, you know, devolve into me and you talking about how rad we are, but, um, I can, I can, I know, no, 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 I know I am, but I can empathize completely. And, um, so the point, but then I'm, I'm defending Evie. How are you not then on my side with Evie? I think it's just a question of picking your, I, it's not that I'm not with Evie. I think it's just Evie. Evie, what Evie says has worth and what Evie says is valid. I think Evie's issue is timing, mm-hmm. you know, having, because they talk about that and talked. If you had taken me aside and had this conversation sister to sister, yeah. I would have responded to it in a more, I would have probably responded to it in a more positive way. Mm-hmm. So I think that the issue is that Evie, because as she said of the way that she was raised, mm-hmm. she kind of it's that it's that okay well i don't see something i like and rather than kind of take a step back and figure what's the best way this person's going to hear me mm-hmm. i'm going to just kind of say it it's sort of a shotgun approach mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily always received well you're going to the other person's going to get hit with a shotgun blast mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're going to like it yeah. if that makes sense no, makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, let's actually move on. I love how we're, we're still in the first couple minutes of the show. <laughs> um, all right. In fact, I think at this at this point um, – oh, yeah, we have. All right. Now, first up, RuPaul announces this week's mini ch- – we talked about this, right? We did this part of the script. But I want to ask, Love Connie, the mini challenge, what were your thoughts? It was fun. It reminded me of when they had them all dressed up like old ladies and Rouge asked Jasmine, where did you get a loaf of bread? Mm-hmm. It was very much of that where it was kind of, it was comical drag and it was just sort of silly doing funny kind of crazy goofy things. Mm-hmm. It was love. Connie is love. Connie is somebody that I know from um, 
Alaska's This Is My Hair video. Okay. And I've, we're, I, I'm intri- I was intrigued enough when she was in the video to kind of do some research on her as far as some of the stuff that she's done in the mm-hmm. L.A. scene. And I followed her for like a hot minute on Instagram and then I decided not to anymore. But Oh, why? So, oh, because a lot of the drag queens, honestly, I don't follow because it feels like a lot of it is just sort of ads for their upcoming gigs. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to know that you're going to be in some bar in Omaha. Mm-hmm. That's not something when I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed, I don't necessarily need to see that. Yeah. So that's, I just don't, I just kind of don't. I mean, I wasn't offended by anything she did in there or anything, but I kind of, you looked at her for a little bit and went, okay. So when she said love Connie, I knew who that was. Oh, and yeah. the, the, the shade she threw at Scarlet about the, was something about, I feel more masculine next to that beard yeah, or I feel more feminine next to that beard. That was funny. And, and she was just silly and she's a clown. I appreciate a good clown. I had never heard of her before. I was very intrigued. I haven't followed her yet on social media, but if she's in L.A., you see, this is where it kind of works. I would go see her. I did kind of look up her stuff and saw that she performed at this uh, – there's a small little club. Okay. <laughs> there's a Mexican restaurant in a very gay part of town, uh-huh. and it's owned by <laughs> it's owned by one of the dancers in the movie West Side Story. Okay, and it's a Mexican mm-hmm. restaurant. It's horrible Mexican food, right? But it's packed with gay guys, old gay men, right? And they mm-hmm. have a tiny little black box theater underneath. And it's tiny. It probably seats, gosh, maybe 40 people at the most, okay? Right. And uh, this is where I, I see one of my favorite drag queens there, um, uh, Adina Martina, who if you ever have a chance to see her, go see her. Hilarious. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah. She does she does things with uh interviews on the red carpet. She does? Doesn't she? Is no. that who I'm thinking of? No. She wouldn't do that. Anyway, I'll send you some Dina Martina stuff later. Oh, you're thinking about D- 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 Damiana Garcia. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Dina Martina is super funny. Okay. And then but Lady Bunny performs there. That's where they do the Golden Girls in drag with Alaska. And this is also, I guess, Love Connie performs there. I saw that. So I think I want to start going to more shows at this place. But um uh yeah, I, I didn't know who she was and and then so I'm I'm more intrigued by her and I might go see her perform. I thought I thought the mini challenge was great. I thought it was fantastic. I was amused. It was nothing. It was frivolous. There wasn't much to it, but it was like junk food. It was, and, and to me, that's what the mini challenge should be. The mini challenge should be junk food. I thought Love Connie made had a really good fun with it, and people are always saying they should she should have more drag queens on there. I know she doesn't want them on the judges panel, but this is a good way to incorporate. That's us. This is a way for (laughs) her to incorporate more drag queens into the show. Is have Coco Peru come in during the mini challenge? Have Love Connie? Have Jackie Beat? Have you know Lady Bunny? Have these people come in during a mini challenge, and then it it works them in. You get to see these legends; they get to be on the show, and it was great. I was a big fan. Uh, Any other questions here? No. All right, moving on. On the Maxi Challenge, RuPaul announced it's the Drag Olympics. The girls will be performing in three categories, Fanography, Voguing, and Shablam. As the winners of the Mini Challenge, Acaria and Plastique chose the two teams, and the two teams were broken down as follows. Uh, Team Acaria, which was from Tukpanistan, was Brooklyn Heights, Silky Nutmeg Ganache, Evie Oddly, and Sugar Cane. While P- Team Plastique, which was from Glamazonia, was Raja O'Hara, Vanessa Vanji Mateo, Nina West, and Scarlet Envy. Um, 
Vanessa, by the way, is worried that her team doesn't have the skills necessary to do well in the challenge. Before we get into each team, Taylor, did you have any Mm -hmm. thoughts about just the concept of the maxi challenge or everything involved with that? I like that it was something different. It wasn't. It was definitely it was kind of a choreography heavy, obviously, mm-hmm. but it wasn't choreography heavy with like the stupid rusicals. It yeah. wasn't where they had to learn lip syncing or or uh, the, the space that they had to work with was huge. So I liked that, that it kind of involved. It was definitely a little bit more physical mm-hmm. than I think some of the other things that they've had to do. Um, it, it was it, it, it was fun. It was it was a fun. It was a fun uh, challenge. All right, very good. Now, the way I'm going to do it, I've done this in the past, is to make it easier to recap, I've broken it the whole episode down into teams, okay? Okay. And so the first team we're going to talk about is Team Glamazonia, okay? And uh, in the workroom, Raja remembers her last embarrassing turn on a dance challenge, and Scarlett is nervous because she can't dance. Uh, Scar- uh, Scarlett wonders if she should go out all out to make up for that, but she's advised, I think by... Brooke, right? That that wouldn't... No, it couldn't be Brooke. Brooke was on the winning team, wasn't she? Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Scarlett's advised that that... W- oh, Nina West. Nina West advised yeah. Scarlett that wouldn't be a good idea. Uh, during their choreography session with Travis Wall and Adam Rippon, Raja O'Hara and Vanessa Vanjie Mateo impressed Travis with their abilities. The team struggles with the fanography, and in particular, Scarlett Envy seems to be having the most trouble with Nina West. Thanking God Scarlett is there to take the heat off of her. Now, later... In the actual uh, 69th Drag Olympics, uh, they do all their choreography to Serve the Children by DJ Shy Boy Taylor. Let's talk it all about right here, the workroom, the choreography, and their final performance. Your thoughts on Team Glamazonia? The songs were not great. <laughs> no, the how, are they any, how are they any different from what I do on here? No, they they really aren't. DJ Shy Boy has done the first couple of seasons. There are songs that are available on iTunes mm-hmm. that just take that season uh, catchphrases from that season that are good workout songs mm-hmm. where they just kind of have you know, girl, look how orange your face is, and all yeah. that kind of thing. Um, this sort of felt like a greatest hits, but then it was done with classical music, but the weird beat behind it, and and not not good. Um, as we talked about, I thought Travis was great. And I hope that Travis gets a lot of attention for this as far as he could be somebody that could replace Todrick. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even be okay with him. And I keep wanting to say Yara Sophia, but I know that's not it. Yanis. Yanis? Oh, yeah. That guy was good, too. Yeah. So, I mean, because both of them have different styles, but both of them are much more positive And they seemed more willing to work with and recognize the... Um, limitations and the experience of each of the girls. So that this, it just was so nice to see that compared to the Todrick shit of just, well, girl, only, you know, if you want the crown, you're going to have to work on this and that kind of thing. Um, trying to think about the whole Scarlet Nina thing. I think Nina gave really good. If you, if you're not going to do this well, don't do it because mm-hmm. if you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Um, even watching it, Scarlett fell at yeah, one point when she, she was did. running. She kind of fell and hit the ground for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm glad that they didn't focus on that. That could have very easily been a scene where they focused, where they slowed things down for a second. And then everybody, they have like Vanjie going, Oh shit, girl, or something mm-hmm. like that. The fact that it just kind of happened in the background, I thought was refreshing refreshing for the show mm-hmm. um 
Ariel wishes the same thing. Yeah, I bet Ariel went to it. Well, at that point, the camera was actually on Ariel. This whereas this happened in the background. So maybe maybe that's why. Maybe they just didn't have a camera on her at that mm-hmm. time. Um This is the team that Vanjie was on, right? Correct. It sure is. Taylor Are we one. talking about the Vanjie crying? Or is that coming? That's later? coming out on Elimination Day. Okay. Um it was I, I thought that actually this team, this team went second. I thought this team was better than the first team. Oh, I don't agree. But I will say, I'll say this. And I think they should be very proud of themselves. They had a, like, in other words, uh, a carry is right. She chose very well for her team. And she chose sort of the strongest dancers and strongest performers. And she, uh, this team had, you know, a handicap going in. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that they held their own up against a, a, a much stronger team. Yeah. So they shouldn't be embarrassed. Okay. Did watching all of them play with the fans make you want a fan? I have one. Do you really? Yeah, hold on. Well, I'll, I'll get it at the break. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I, it's so funny. I was going to actually use it during this time. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else to say about Team Glamazonia? No. All right. Very like good. enough. All right, let's move on to Team Tukpan. Now, by the way, on the screen, it was just spelled Tukpanistan, but then later RuPaul says Tukpantistan, which makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, and the workroom, Bur- Brooke Burke. Brooke is worried about the... But then remember there was that woman, Brooke Burke. Remember yeah. her? Anyway. I could have seen her she's paid, still around. I don't think she's dead. But I could see her being one of the people that paid for her kids to go to college. I know she didn't, but... Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Nancy anyway. Odell, all of those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this Deborah yeah. Norville. I could see her have done that. Is Deborah Norville? Oh no, okay. Deborah Norville. She, she's on Inside Edition, or yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. Brooke is worried about the drama between Evie Oddly and Silky Ganache, but the two warring queens agree to put their personal feelings aside for the sake of the competition. Brooke reveals she knows ballet, Silky does baton work, and Evie can bend herself into pretzel-like contortions. Meanwhile, Brooke is nervous about doing any kind of shablam, and Akaria admits that she's not a dancer, but she can be a leader. Akuria, during the choreography session, Akuria struggles with the phonography. Brooke impresses Adam Rippon. Silky tries her best with the shablam, but struggles with the moves, and Evie Oddly's joints are coming apart, and she lies to Travis Wall about her condition. At the 69th annual Drag Olympics, uh, Shade is the song they perform to by DJ Shyboy. Taylor, your thoughts on everything Tuck Pantystan? I appreciated Silky more in this episode than I have probably all season. Okay. Because she was willing to give it 100% with mm-hmm. the hit in the ground. And and at one point when, as you brought up before, Travis said, well, we'll work it around. She's like, no. She she was saying, I don't want this to be where everybody's got to help the big girl up. I'll, I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. Was it pretty on the on the finals? No. But she committed. And I I appreciate that. Um. Evie lying. I don't get. I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, it's kind of similar to Silky saying, I don't want any help. Mm-hmm. So maybe seeing that, particularly watching Silky say that for her to say, yeah, I kind of hurt my hurt my leg or I hurt my I could I, I'm not really comfortable today. Mm-hmm. I can see that to some degree, but I also feel like you're putting yourself. My concern was that she was going to really, really hurt herself. Like that's what they were saying that up for. 
um, that she really kind of became a rag doll and sort of hit the ground during the during the challenge. Um, you could tell when she when she hit when she did that kind of backflip and landed on her ankle wrong that it that that was not good. Um, but it's so I, funny before we got into the thick of this episode, and I had seen the first look earlier in the week. I was already working on a meme for the Instagram account where I was going to have a picture of Evie from a couple episodes going, saying, you know, saying like, "I have a disease. My joints are all messed up." And then the next picture of her doing that weird backflip she did during the Gallus yeah. Dance. But then, because the show touched on it and she addressed it, it made it not funny anymore. But I can <laughs> yeah. see that it's like she is making these choices, and yeah, it, it probably hurts. And she had a cane the next day. And I kind of feel yeah. there was some shade at Eureka, like, I can go on, you know, or maybe they're worried about it. Here's the deal. Is RuPaul's Drag Race needs to stop, do- needs to stop doing athletic competitions during their show? Well, and and that kind of speaks to what it feels like drag race has become in that if you don't, if you aren't able to do all of these different things, then you're almost not expected to apply to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, as Evie said, I've applied for the last, however many years since I've been doing drag, because I know that I have a limited amount of time. And I think that she is looking at this as this is my one chance to do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to take a chance of not being able to do something. So I'm going to give it my all, even if it means I'm going to hurt myself, yeah. even if it means that I'm going to potentially really kind of damage my body. I feel like Evie, I could see, and I don't know anything about rumors or anything like that. I could see Evie getting the Eureka pass for season 12. If her foot doesn't heal mm-hmm. properly, like in the next episode or two, I could see it being a situation in which Rue says, I'm going to excuse you from, but you can come back for season 12. I see. All right. You're looking at my face to see any kind of. No, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at your face. I'm actually looking at my window. It just looks like I'm looking at your face because of the camera. But I. I, I don't know. I mean, because I, I, I'm starting to actually kind of root for Evie more than I was before. Mm-hmm. You well, know? you know, you can get all these answers on Patreon.com on our show, The Rumor Mill. I know, but I'm not listening to any of them until the end of the season. All right. Very good. I look at it this way also, because yeah, I, sure. I know that makes you mad. No, I know that makes it? you mad that I'm listening. So calm, calm down. Calm down. Okay. What I figure is when the season is over, yeah. I will get – it's almost like I get a bonus – season of of episodes listen to because i will have the same number of episodes actually i think i have the last two for all stars to listen to as well because you guys were starting to talk about rumors for rumors for uh season but i'm gonna tell you and you can tell the difference between all stars and this one and this is no evan would agree here bringing on jorge and jamila one of the best decisions i ever made in afterthought media it's okay. like a, it's like it's like a little morning show. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. then 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 I'm going to even enjoy it even more. Oh yeah, you're going to really enjoy it. <laughs> All right, it's elimination day, and the girls are getting ready for the competition. Silky Akuri and Raja twerk. Vanessa worries that she's letting down RuPaul and gets emotional. Meanwhile, her girlfriend is across the room bragging about how she was in, in an all-male ballet troupe that performed in front of Carl Lagerfeld. <laughs> Later, Evie re- reveals her struggles and fears about her degenerative illness. Taylor, your thoughts here on elimination day? I think you have a lot to say here. Now, yes, we've strongly established mm-hmm. that... Joe Batance enjoys watching a twink cry. <laughs> yeah. Love it. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if I love it. It's no, I'm not going to say I love it. Here's what I'm saying. I know you're going to a point, but I want to make it clear. Not that I don't like watching them cry. They can get whatever <laughs> they want from me if they cry. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Vanjie tearing up mm-hmm. was very much of the, it made me love Vanjie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And we've also established Vanjie with no makeup on. I'm here for it. Also, what we learn here in this uh, crying that she's putting on a fake voice. Oh, yeah, that, that's where I was going. Yeah. At one point, when Vanjie's voice goes down two octaves <laughs> the confessional, and she said that, my bathing suit area felt different. <gasps> oh, <laughs> really? Like, oh, oh, so that's not the way you talk. Okay. I wonder why you're wearing a bathing suit during when you're watching the show. <laughs> it was very much of the where I was just like, that's not. The-. So she, she talked. Oh, oh, I love it. I love the deep voice. So I get why she she's playing a role she's playing a character but that moment of vulnerability that's this seems to be like that has been a lot of what this episode was this episode was a lot about vulnerability for multiple queens that we haven't necessarily seen Mm -hmm. and i think that's why from a clinical perspective i think that's why i liked that because that's the piece that i like in treatment Mm -hmm. is when you finally get the when you finally break down those defenses and you get them to expose and talk about the issues that are really bothering them so in that regards, that was that that was good to see that that was a dimension of Vanjie that we may not see the rest of the season because she's definitely the un, unofficial narrator of the season. So and she likes her quips and she likes her funny things. So to see that happen was a great little gem of a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of these things where I feel that this show was, I'm, I may be speaking too early. Let's see what happens over the next few episodes. But it did seem like this show was barreling towards banality. And it may be this, maybe this episode it w- might be the turning point. Maybe yeah. as, as we get rid of the, the, the filler queens, we get to focus more on the queens who have more to say and something more interesting going on. And maybe we'll learn more about them, thus making us more invested in the season. I'm not sure yet. It was a good episode, but I don't want to claim it to be a great ep- season or a good season. Right now I'm still on the fence, but it, 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 it this episode, uh, brighten things up. It was, this elimination, and look, the elimination day did seem kind of forced at moments because all of a sudden, uh, Plastique just says, uh, all out of nowhere, Brooke, how did you start out? I'm like, <laughs> what? Why would you just randomly say that? You know, yeah, out of nowhere. Um, well, but, but we've talked about those mirror moments. But you, you can tell the difference between what feels like a natural mirror moment versus a producer under the table saying, now ask Brooklyn about this. And I think that people are getting a little bit more savvy to that. Well, the Vanessa moment seemed real. Oh, no, I, that, that I definitely feel is, is real, mm-hmm. but the, so Brooklyn, how did you get into drag? Yeah. Yeah. And what about, what did you think about the Evie moment where she was re- revealing that, you know, she only has a few years left and she knows what her future brings. About well, again, it goes back to vulnerability and it goes back to recognizing that was the moment, like I said, that my husband said, so that's why she's like that, you know, where you can kind of see, you know, it sort of is like when you have a situation in which you have a, and it's called transference in clinical um, terms where you have a client that 
does something or, or represents something in your life. Actually, that's counter-transference. So you kind of respond to them the way that you would um, the, the person that they represent mm-hmm. and vice versa. It's transference if a client's doing it to a clinician. It's counter-transference if it goes back the other way. And, you know, I've had people in my life who talk about their fathers and they talk about how angry they are with their fathers and how they just, you know, oh, my God, I wish my father would just blah, 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 and that kind of stuff. And as somebody who doesn't have his dad anymore, I can feel myself getting mad. And there's times that I will say things that might be a little more stinging mm-hmm. about that. Um, that well, my dad's dead. Would... Huh? Well, my dad's dead. <laughs> Not quite that, but I, ha- I have said things like that. Like, oh, wow. Well, maybe you'll be lucky one day and he'll be dead like mine. Like, you know, you say, you say shit like that. That's, that's somebody that I have to feel very, very close to in order to say something like that. Kind of, it's my way of saying, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I feel like that may be sort of what we're seeing when people are kind of saying, well, I'll just lip sync my way to the crown. What you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to do the bare minimum and then just have this big thing at the end of each episode of each challenge, thinking that that's going to be enough. Whereas Evie is literally fighting for her physical well-being on top of this and to hear something like that you can see where it would piss her off and learning more about this disease and learning more about the degenerative nature of this disease and that she may have only have like 10 years left that she said she met somebody who's in a wheelchair that's only 10 years older than her i could that would be terrifying i think to just about anybody knowing that your clock is ticking in such a way you know you brought up something that that's a very good point but you brought up something that is very interesting is what the fuck did you say i should have written it down uh, how to do with the show? What were you saying right now about Evie? Oddly, what was I saying about Evie? Mm-hmm. That it makes sense that Evie maybe responds the way she does because of some feelings of people not recognizing what the chances that they have, or sort of in her mind, maybe making statements that sound like they're going to phone something in, and she's not. She doesn't have that time. She doesn't have that luxury. She knows that she's her her clock is kicking down whilst her body is degenerating. I know what I was going to say. Nothing to do with that. Okay. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to start like I said, like, like you didn't. Say. You know, Taylor, this has nothing to do with what you're saying, but it brings something up though that I want to comment on. Is I just realized what we're seeing here now is the after effect of the lip sync for the crown, where you have these girls like Raja and other girls who are like, I just have to make it through the taped episodes. I just have to get to the final four. And if I get the final four, I have an equal shot to win this entire thing. I just have to get to the part where I'm lip syncing for the crown. And that, so they actually think you can lip sync all your way to the all your way to the crown, and might might be part part of the show, part of the show's fault if they keep doing that. Well, we just got in the chat room. It's while you were saying that Al Berthy said it's funny because Raja is actually lip syncing her way to the top somehow, and I don't think that's going to last much longer. I have a feeling that at this point, okay, well, you just made a face, so. <laughs> If you enjoy this show, you may want to think about supporting it to help us keep the lights on. How can you do this? Support us over at Patreon.com. There, if you sign up at the $3 Eat It level, you receive a brand new podcast on you, in your feed every, oh, not every single day, but six out of seven days of the week. On top of that, you get access to live recordings and bonus content. 
For instance, this episode you're listening to now is actually about 15 minutes... 15, about 20 minutes longer for our Patreon supporters. Not only that, they get the episode commercial free. And so what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and sign up at the $3 level uh, to get all this and more. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. Oh, Taylor, there's one more thing. One more thing. One more thing before we go to the break. We have this show. Now, it's been on Patreon, but I've released it into the wild called The Pit Crew. The Pit Crew is with myself, and I have two straight cousins who love sports, Alex and Philip. And sometimes my cousin Natalie, who's a designer for Mattel, she joins us. <laughs> but uh, what we do is we – what's so funny <laughs> – you said I have a cousin who's a designer. I thought you could say who's a disaster. I was going to be like, Joe. Oh, I'd get home. If I even say her name wrong, I'd get in trouble. Anyway. She's awesome. She, she is awesome. awesome She's show. really good at it. She she joins the show when she can. But the point is we break down RuPaul's Drag Race only by the numbers. Here's what's so interesting, Taylor, is on the pit crew, they've never seen any drama. They don't know anything about these girls. They literally watch the runways and any kind of relevant challenge. Like, for instance, tonight, today, we'll watch Drag Olympics only, only the Drag Olympics part, and then mm-hmm. the looks. And they give it a score, and they tell you who it is, and re- they treat it, and they argue about it just like sports. If you listen, if you listen to the most recent episode, which was about last week's show, you, I, I recorded them watching Ariel fall, and it's the way straight guys would react to watching Ariel fall. So yeah. the Pit Crew is this new show we have. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, it's called the Pit Crew. You can listen to all the old episodes. They're only like half an hour long. It's very funny. It's very good. Go check it out. And with that, we'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, and we're back. And guess what, Taylor? Since we're back, you know what it is. You know what this means. It's time for the Lukes. It's <laughs> it's time for the Lukes. How are we doing this? Because this is, again, it's one where it's all of them were up and half of them went down. Mm-hmm. So are we are we just going over the looks that we like? Or are we going over everybody's looks real fast with a Tudor boot? How do you want to do this? Well, I'll tell you, I have it right here. Once again, I did scores. Okay. I mean, if you can really quickly give the scores. Okay, so on a zero to ten? Yeah, I could okay. do that. All right, so. The, I can tell right, you, so the, I, I know who's in what order. I have it because this is written in order. Okay, so the, you say you say the name and I'll tell you, tell you what my score is. All right, and then you know what? I'll, while I talk about it, that gives you time to look at it. 
Okay. I there's not as many of them as there was before, so I think I could actually I have a I have a feeling I could remember who everybody is. All right. But I've got I've got the Reddit page up for reference if I need it. All right. The first one up is Akuria Chanel Davenport. And when she walked down the runway, people were saying RuPaul because she looked like RuPaul. And yeah. um, wh- wh- how would you describe what she was wearing, Taylor? Well, it was definitely a, a gold gown with lots of feathers at the bottom. And she mm-hmm. had big, big, big hair. Yeah. Um, not my favorite look. I would give this look a five. It was mm-hmm. kind of middle of the road. I like the dress. I gave it a six. Okay. All, All right. right. Who's next? Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights came out very glorious. Swanson, very yes. Norma Desmond. Yes. Um, I kind of... I liked the idea. The dre- the fabric looked cheap to me, um, but I liked the idea of it. She's got to do something. To- I get that she had on a turban, but the whole short hair that she's done like every episode, for the most part, I want to see something different in the hair. Um, but I would give this look a six, 6.5. Okay, let me ask you a question, because this is, this is the first time I want to bring this up. The name of the category, the category is All That Glitters. Yeah. Okay? But very few actually glittered, and they all wore gold. So well, what the, was the that challenge? All That Glitters isn't gold? Yeah, but, but then they shouldn't have worn gold. They should have worn, like, All That Glitters is not gold is the phrase. Uh, Well, but maybe that was a, rather than do, that was just something that was an easy reference to the fact that everybody was going to be wearing gold. All right, so here's Particularly my question. Because it was the Olympic or the Drag Olympic oh, similar to what they did, to what they did with the orange. I didn't even make uh, that fucking connection. No. I didn't even yeah. make that connection. All right. Uh all right, so do you feel she met the challenge? Yeah. That, it was gold. That, that affects my score. All right. So I guess it's really the theme is gold. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna change it then I had it to a seven because she didn't do it. Eight. I love this look. I was a okay. big fan. She gets an eight from me. All right. Next up is Silky Nutmeg Ganache in a pantsuit that had this cross on it. Uh, your thoughts? Like a one. Oh, it was horrible. This. I hated this look. I I hate. I I'm not a fan of pantsuits. The weird crucifix on the front of it was very like whoa when yeah. when she came out with that. She seems to always have the same hair. Um, I, I get that we're a big girl. But we, there's something about some of the pants that she wears that's super ill-fitting, mm-hmm. and it accentuates the wrong parts. Um, so it just not it was not a good look at all. So one least favorite look of the night. She likes to accentuate that flap of her stomach over her mm-hmm. crotch area. Yeah, you know that fucking thing smells like milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're what, probably right. What would it cost for you to like put your nose in there and just run it like a line of coke, sniff what it smells like under there? Sniff coke off her fupa? No, 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 no. But sniff this that could you know it's sweaty and smelly under there. Am I allowed to vomit afterwards? You have to wait five seconds. So, so if I'm snorting a line of coke, that's really only like a yeah, that's like mm-hmm. one big that's strong un- snip. Exactly. Oh, I, I ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay, that's cheap. That's cheap, actually. All right. How would how much would you do it for? Oh, I would do it for like a hundred dollars. Yeah, just do a sniff. Uh, I'm I'm smell for me is a thing, so it would be it would be a lot for me to have to sniff under there. A hundred dollars? You know what I could do with a hundred dollars? 
Do you know what I could do with $10,000? Pay off your uh, air conditioner. Yeah, that's an air conditioning. And then I've got cool breezes and essential oils I can put in there to, to, ma- to mask the smell that wakes me up in a cold sweat screaming some nights. You can't put essential oils in an air conditioner? No, I would just be, I could like, I have an essential oil diffuser that I just bought that it makes the house smell nice sometimes. So it doesn't work house? as strongly said like, no, it doesn't work as well as I thought it would. I think I've got it in the wrong room. I have it in the bedroom, but we've not been there very often, but I assumed that it would kind of permeate through the rest of the house mm-hmm. and it doesn't. To the point of where I put way too much like orange wild orange oil in there at one point and it just like it just made the room smell like somebody was eating oranges but the rest of the house didn't smell all right thank you you know what kind of like when you're on (laughs) when you're on soaring over california yes that's what it smells like yes when you go over the orange groves yeah all right next up we have sugar cane as an aztec goddess warrior your thoughts there uh sugar cane definitely sugar cane i liked this look um because it's very superhero-esque uh I'd, I I give this this was probably I'd give this look a strong seven. That's what I gave it. Yeah, that's what I gave. It. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I skipped over uh, Evie Oddly. Evie Oddly, what were your thoughts on Evie Oddly? I didn't like Evie. Evie Oddly's look was scary. <laughs> yeah, it was creepy looking, and I get that that's her thing. The cane didn't help. I get that she needed the cane. Um, but even with like where she and like look her teeth were gold, but the lips were black and the mm-hmm. and the weird things over the ears and I just like a two. I did I gave not it a, like I gave it a four. All. I gave it a four. Yeah. Okay. Plastique Tiara, she was like an angel. I loved this look. Oh, you did. I thought she looked so pretty with this. I loved the wings. I loved the wings on the helmet. I loved everything about it. I would give this look a nine. Really? No, eight. An eight. I probably would have given around the same score. I did love it. But to me, it was like, we've seen this fucking shit from her already before. Same fucking silhouette, except for the wings. Seven. Got to okay. seven for me. Next up, Raja O'Hara in a in a gold cat suit with a veil. Uh, your thoughts here? Yeah, kind of like a golden Eartha kit. Sort of like like uh, Batman yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um it was very basic. It felt very basic to me. Yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily a fan. Um, it was well executed, though. It looked well put together. So I'll give it a five. That's exactly what Four. I gave it. Okay, oh. five. All right. Okay, it was basic. Basic gets five for me. Okay. Vanessa Vangie Matteo in a corset with a leotard and a glitter chest, and then something uh, on her, like a fascinator on her head of some kind. The things that bothered me about this look were, one, it's weird that she's doing a bunny when we just saw a bunny last week. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the joke is that uh, Plastique yeah. and Vanjie kind of switched their outfits for this um, this week because mm-hmm. last week was when Vanjie was the angel. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that bothered me was that the, le- the leggings didn't match the rest of her body because she was gold from the waist up but then she had on nude colored leggings and the way that her the makeup kind of wrapped around her chin her chin line it almost looked like a beard it looked almost like a five o'clock shadow mm-hmm. it was not not a it just looked cheap it looked like a really cheaply put together outfit so i'm gonna give this look a four uh for but i gave it a five to me it was just okay. a standard issue vanessa vangie mateo like she did it well but like yeah all right, I liked her hair though. I thought her hair looked great because it was something different. Very, um, very seventies kind of Sharon Tate sort of big blowout. I, I did like her hair. All right, very good. Uh, p- the penultimate one we have Nina West as a Viking 
Your thoughts here? Probably my least favorite Nina West look all season. Oh, really? I, I love the, the, the concept is great. The execution was horrible on this. Mm-hmm. And she looked, she looked like a man. She looked mm-hmm. like a man coming out. Um, the makeup and the hair was just, it was too costumey. It looked so party city mm-hmm. um, with weird pier one bowls over her chest plate. Yeah. Not, I, I love Nina. I really love Nina. I've got a huge crush on Nina as a boy. Um, but this was not, this was not a strong look for me. And I could have seen where this could have put her had she not performed as well as she did in the actual challenge. I could see where this would have put her in the bottom. All right. Very good. And then what about, uh, I gave her a five, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, I would say three. Oh honestly. really? Yeah. I really didn't like it looked, it didn't even look like a good party city costume. Oh, I see. All right. And finally, we have Scarlet Envy. She came in a long gold dress, bringing Deborah Messing realness. <laughs> Taylor, your thoughts on Scarlet Envy? Uh, very basic, very basic dress. I liked the pantsuit underneath with the bell bottoms, um, but you didn't really see that until you didn't see that until the lip sync. But the dress itself, five, just kind of middle of the road. I gave it a seven. Okay. I liked it. Uh, okay. Uh, and then did you have a top two to the week? Top two of the week would be Plastique. Plastique, Tierra, and your bottom two. Your your boot. My boot would be, uh, Silky. Oh, okay, Silky. All right, very good. My top two would be Brooklyn Heights, and my boot would have been Evie Oddly, according to the numbers. Okay. All right, very good. And that... Is the is, looks. Is the looks. All right, very good. Now you find my script again. There was papers all over the place like a fucking goddamn. Alright, here we go. Back on the main stage, RuPaul announced that Team Akaria had won the challenge while Akaria C. Davenport, the team leader, was the individual winner of the challenge. This left Team Plastique up for elimination. After the judges' critiques, RuPaul asked the girls who should go home. Everyone said Scarlet, except for Scarlet, who, when forced to choose someone, said Raja O'Hara. After the judges deliberated, Raja and Scarlet were forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. Dance by Donna Summer. After a fierce battle for survival by both contestants, RuPaul told Raja, Shantae, you stay, while Scarlet was asked to sashay away. Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? Well, I have many things to talk about. There's still a ton of shit to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay. The moment the song started, I might have yelled. <laughs> Did I, did my did you get my text before or after it happened? After it started. Okay. After it started. And I laughed as soon as because I it started and then within about 20 seconds, I got the text message saying from from Joe saying, I can hear you screaming here in California. <laughs> Anybody who listens to the um the live show, the live recording of this. There have been numerous times that I have made Joe play Last Dance as the song prior to a starting because it is it is just I adore that song. Top 10 favorite songs of all time is Last Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel as though Scarlett should have gone home for that mm-hmm. because one – Raja's been in the bottom more often mm-hmm. at this point. So really at this point, she's got more points against her. I know they were both in on the six-way lip sync, but mm-hmm. 
Raja had at least one more, possibly two. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how many times Raja has been in the bottom so far. That song, Scarlett said that she was not a really good dancer, mm-hmm. and that showed. However, Scarlett seemed to dance with a level of joy mm-hmm. that was much more enjoyable to watch whereas it felt like Raja was much more controlled. Mm-hmm. And that is a song about being your last last blowout of the night, last running around and just being silly and just enjoying yourself. And I feel as though Scarlet captured the, the essence of the song more than Raja did. Raja seems to make better television, so I get why RuPaul kept her. But I think if you were going on... You know, one, what Travis said, that she was the most improved of them. That And the fact that just the way that she did everything she did. The only thing that I could see that possibly could have slipped her up was it felt like it was taking too long for her to cut through that dress with the scissors. I would have loved it to have been something where she had a dress that could have had a tear away rather than a rip away with the scissors. I think that would have helped her a little bit more because it felt like the first couple of seconds when the song got faster she was kind of like you, you had that panic of, is she going to get out of the dress fast enough and be in the pantsuit? Um, but I, in my, I, I will, I will go to the grave saying that Raja should have gone home last night, or at the very least it should have been a double save. Mm-hmm. Raja was good, but Scarlet had the essence of the song more it, right down to the whole weird, like seventies cocaine glitter coming out of her top at the one point. And <laughs> Rue seemed to really enjoy that. And, and I, I, this, not for execution, but if we were ever to do a top 10 lip sync for your life thing again, if we were to redo it. Everyone should know I, that Taylor's talking about on Patreon around in the fall. Taylor and Evan listed their top 10 lip syncs of all time, favorite of all time. And I did a list of songs that should have been lip syncs. And this was number two, actually. Yeah, this yeah. was number two. I could see this song. I, this would be one that I'd have to think about some of my lower in my top 10 list. This possibly moving up because of Scarlett's performance in this. I was really, really bummed when she said Raja O'Hara, you know, Sasha. I, I, and I thought for a second, because it seemed like she went to Scarlett really fast. And I thought, oh, they're gonna, she's going to save her too for that. So when she let her go, it was a little upsetting. It also kind of bothers me, though, as much as I love this song, that it feels like I would have much rather... A song that is so important in gay dance history as Last Dances, that is a song that you save for a finale. That is a song that you save for the final two queens in a season. What I would have loved for them to do is how amazing would that be if Last Dance were ever the last song on the last season of Drag Race? What a way to go. What a way to potentially go out. What's weird is that they cut it up, too, because the the song's not very long. The song's like two something. No, the the original version of the song is like seven, eight minutes long. Oh, really? The edit I have is like like just like 235 or something like that. No, it's, it's, it's a, it can be like, well, there's various sort of like the no more tears, the yeah. enough is enough with yeah. the, that you have like the one version that's three minutes, the one version is eight minutes, then you played some like 11 minute version one time <laughs> yeah. of it. So it's, it's very, but the version that I have at on, I have a couple versions of last dance, but the one that I like the most, the one that I've almost broken my neck a couple of times in the shower mm-hmm. singing and dancing to it while I'm getting ready is about a five minute, about a five minutes version of the song. 
what did you think about the moment when the RuPaul asked everyone who they should send home, and everyone said Scarlet, and then Scarlet said Raja, and then Raja was really pissed? Uh, that was not smart on Raja's part to get as pissed as she was in Untucked. I think that taking that personally, they all know they're going to be asked that question. Mm -hmm. And I think to take something like that personally is that had the potential to really go to the villain edit. And I feel like at this point, Raj is kind of skating that fine line, Mm -hmm. you know, of the whole, you know, an ugly girl can't talk to a pretty girl that way. And she smells and, and all the things that she said about Evie and things that she said about other contestants to go over especially the comment of an ugly girl can't say that to a pretty girl well pretty girl pretty much said you should go home Mm -hmm. scarlet is you know scarlet has weird eyebrows but scarlet is a makes for a pretty queen Mm -hmm. so for her to say i wonder if that'll come back and bite her in the ass at some point but i I, i'm almost wondering if where we thought raj uh, we thought evie was going to be the villain Mm -hmm. if now we're starting to see that raja may become kind of the villain of the season Interesting. Now, I had I had to step away for like a hot minute on Untucked, and when I came back, Silky was really upset having to do something. So this is what I've gathered: Ariel mm-hmm. left Wigs. You know, Ariel and her boyfriend own a wig company, and Ariel left Wigs on each Queen station. I didn't get this part, and then something about there were more wigs somewhere, and Plastique. Someone took them. Maybe Silky. And then Plastique was mad and told people behind Silky's back and fight. So can you explain any more than that? that that's pretty much what it was where Silky, Silky said that uh, various queens told her that Plastique, Plastique said, that's okay, let her have the wigs. She clearly needs them. Mm-hmm. And Silky had a problem with that because she felt the need to say that behind her back. Silky handled herself really well. I will say this for Silky. For somebody who could have gone from zero to 80 in three seconds, I felt as though the fight in Untucked when Plastique, um, when she confronted Plastique, she held her own. And I appreciated that a little bit because Plastique had the deer in the headlights look of she did not, she did not know what to say or how to say it and looked completely terrified of how this was going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't get why something like that wouldn't have happened on camera or they wouldn't have had some sort of reference to it prior to the Untucked thing. It was just sort of this weird, oh, so apparently she said this thing to some people, you know, but the air, it's my area too. And I don't understand why she said that. It was, it was, I kept waiting to see like Untucked exclusive and then mm-hmm. some scene that we hadn't seen before about the yeah. waves. But I, that that might be because it's plastic and they don't want plastic to come off as bitchy. Maybe that maybe there is camera footage and they just decided not to show it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I also find it interesting that Silky said three different people told me and never referenced who the three people were. She didn't want to throw them under the bus. Yeah, but you would have thought at some point. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. Also, uh, I want everyone. And do you have any final thoughts about the episode? Well, like I said, I thought it was a fun episode. It was a very, very episode. full episode. It, is it? Will it go down as one of the best episodes of this series? No, no. But I, I was, I was engaged the entire time. I found there have been a couple of episodes of the season where I find myself looking at my phone more and more, mm-hmm. which is something I've never done, especially you know for a show that I do a podcast about mm-hmm. this was one where i i looked at my phone maybe twice and that was during commercial breaks mm-hmm. which by the way okay yeah. let's talk about this for a second yeah. and i know this doesn't make this up for evergreen but people who are watching it now will appreciate this 
there's something about the dance they do in the Truvada commercial. I don't watch the commercials. So explain what happened. Okay. Well, well, it's a commercial for Truvada, and they're talking about using it for prep, which mm-hmm. is really important. And and I'm not suggesting that prep isn't good, but there's something about where it's these different people saying, "I'm on the pill. I'm on the pill. I'm on the pill." And there's this guy that's a dancer that is dancing with like where he's he's in a dance studio and he's dancing with three other people, and they're doing this dance to this like smooth jazz music that's playing in the background mm-hmm. that is just this ridiculous basic there's something about it that's super annoying and mm-hmm. one of the guys in it is that i think is like the choreographer because he's standing in front of the rest of them is asian but he has a very thick beard so my husband and i at one point got in an argument last night whether the guy whether the asian choreographer is biracial or not like like a full on like two minute having a discussion about the stupid commercial, mm-hmm. but there's something about the dance that I really don't like and it bothers me and I just I I don't like the commercial and there I just it's whatever and the weird so you missed all the stuff the little the the commercials for little with uh Ross no, I and did Michelle I Visage. did see that well I, I mean I did, I heard it in the background and I was like I this is so st- so stupid yeah here? it was because because there was one that was the entire commercial break. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the show came back. And we're like, "That what the hell just happened?" Yeah, but I was like, "This is so dumb." Uh, anyway, okay, all right. Well, I'll leave you with this. Oh wait, sorry. An ugly girl can never come for a pretty girl. Uh, when you were talking, I realized, oh, I have that clip. I should have just played that. Uh, okay. Well, Taylor, that's going to conclude this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at HelloUglies.com and Catching Up at CatchingUpPodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off. 
at MVMT.com.